You know, it uh, can't be easy, and I, I do appreciate their willingness to serve us. And that being said, if you'd like to be involved in the, in the tech team, in the worship team, you can, of course, talk to, uh, to Kenny Mack, and he'll be happy to take your name down. I know that we're always looking for volunteers in the various departments. There is Kids Church this morning, and for those kids who are in the ages of 4 to 11, you can go for Kids Church, and the nursery is open for those who are under the age of 4. And uh, so that's just where we're going to invite you to go this morning. And glad that you are here. We don't send the kids away because they make noise. Uh, we don't do that here in this church. That's not why we're asking them to go somewhere else. We want them to be able to learn and grow at their level of understanding. Because that's what it's about, isn't it? I mean, they could all be in here and make noise as they want, but we all want them to understand the Word of God at their level of learning and not be just scratching their heads. Um, that's, that's why we are blessed to have kids workers as well. I mean... Honestly, we're just blessed all around. Yeah, amen. This morning we're going to continue on in our uh, fundamental series. And as we think about some of the things that are foundational uh, to the Christian life, to our walk with God, to how we read Scripture, we're going to this morning look at angels and I want you to know that this is nothing what an angel looks like. Um, it, it may, but if you look, in fact, at the book of Revelation, it doesn't look anything like this. <laughs> you know, when you read about how many eyes and, and the wings, and uh, it doesn't look like this. Nor does it look like the little uh, baby with the, you know, that's been well-fed and in a diaper that you see at Valentine's Day. You know, that's probably one of the pictures of angels that we often think about is that little Cupid uh, Cupid's not even mentioned in the Bible. Um, but sometimes when we picture angels just as oh, a, a teenage girl or maybe a young lady or a baby in a diaper, we think, well, there's not much that angel's going to do for me. But when we think about Scripture and, and the place of angels, uh, we need to understand that because they exist. And uh, they have a nature and they have a mission. Uh, the references to angels in Scripture are common. There are many of them. Um, and angels are to be treated as part of the normal spiritual realm. Now, angels aren't here looking for our attention. They're not here clamoring for your, uh, your worship. They're not, and angel, there are angels in this room this morning. And you're saying, well, I don't see them. Uh, that's okay. They're not here saying you have to notice me. In fact, that's not even their goal and their desire. God didn't create them so that they would gain attention from us. They're to help you and I to focus our attention on the Lord. They're here to serve us. They're, they're here to minister. They're here to, to do what they do. And we'll get to some of those things that they do in just a moment. But again, when we think about angels, we we get some misconstrued ideas, misconceived ideas, and I want you to know that what we read from Scripture is that angels are not here to draw attention to themselves. They're not here to, to say, look at me. They always point to something else. They always point to something else. 
In their visible arrivals in Scripture, they seem to arrive, to speak, to act, and then to quickly disappear. I know that somebody says, well, our loved ones, when they die, are they angels in heaven? No, no, they aren't. Well, babies that are aborted, then they must be angels. Again, no, no, they aren't. Angels are, are not individuals that have passed away from this earth to the next. It, that's not what an angel is. You know, sometimes we, you've heard it said, and maybe at a funeral, well, heaven needed another angel, and, and that's why they were taken, or whatever. No, that's not the case. That's not why they're there. And, and as we look at Scripture, angels are moral beings. They're not robots. They are holy angels, and there are unholy angels. And, of course, we know that in Scripture, uh, that when there was that conflict in, in heaven, that Lucifer and one-third of the angels were kicked out with him. So they were, they were created holy, but they had a choice. And now the unholy angels, of course, we know them as demons. And, and so they exist. They are in our realm today. They are not just, well, we don't see them, so they don't exist. No, they are here. They are here. So angels are spirits. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, not, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? In their normal essence, they are not physical beings. They do not have bodies. They may, however, appear in human form. They move about freely and invisibly, unhindered by physical objects. Angels are finite creatures. And because angels are finite, they are neither divine nor even semi-divine. They are not to be worshipped, and they don't even desire your worship. So if you have seen somebody worship an angel, again, the pictures that we have of angels, and maybe you've got one on your wall, it's like a little baby with a diaper and a you know, well-fed. You think, well, that's what an angel looks like. No, that's not what an angel looks like. Trust me, if you read the book of Revelation, you're not going to want to hang that picture on your wall. Your wife isn't going to say, thank you, honey, for this beautiful angel with all these eyes and all these wings. And it's like, it looks like feathers gone mad with eyes all over the place. You know, like it's, it's, it's not something you would say, wow, I'm going to. But we've gotten to this place where we think angels are just, they might be. But, they're, but the pictures that we get in Scripture are definitely not you know, of, of a young lady with wings and just long flowing hair. That's, I don't, I don't find that in Scripture. We do find some kinds of angels in Scripture. They're all powerful. While they're not omni, omnipotent, they are very mighty. In Psalm 103 and verse 20, it says, Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who, did his, who do his bidding, who obey his word. Now, I did say that there is a variety of type of angels. Don't Google angels. You might get some baseball team. You might get something other than a baseball team. Just letting you know. We are told that there's the angel of the Lord. And this is one of the great mysteries of Scripture. He seems to be a very specific being, unlike any of the other angels. In Genesis chapter 16 and verses 7 to 13, it says this, The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. 
It was a spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. The angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. It's a good thing this next, next verse is in King James this morning. He would be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone in his hand, uh, sorry, in everyone's hands against him. And he will live in hostility towards his brothers. She gave him this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. It's interesting in this passage of scripture that this being almost seems indistinguishable from the presence of God himself. So again, there are, or there is, the angel of the Lord. Next in scripture we read about archangels. Now the definition of archangel simply means a chief angel. And, and this word only occurs twice in Scripture. If you're taking notes, you can write these down in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16, and also in Jude chapter 9, or Jude verse 9. And, and Michael is the only one positively defined, identified as an archangel. Significantly, he's associated with great warlike power to fight against the evil powers. And again, you can read Daniel 10 and 21 and, and Daniel 12 and verse 1. And in Revelation 12 and verse 7, it talks more about, Dan, about Michael. An archangel. Next, there are cherubim. And again, these are the ones that we, our culture has kind of placed the little babies that are well-fed in diapers. And you see them at Valentine's Day. These are the ones that they call cherubs. And you know, they're shooting like little arrows that, arrows that make people fall in love. And uh, that's not what a cherub is. You know, it, it's, not a, it's not a baby in a diaper. Um, it, it's not Cupid. You know, our world has just twisted the things of God. And then we need to know the word of God. We need to know what God's word says. So that we don't, we don't get mixed up. We don't get confused when somebody says... Yeah, cherubs, oh yeah, they're just these well-fed babies. The first mention of cherubs in Scripture, in fact, is Genesis chapter 3 and verse 34. And they were to prevent sinful men from re-entering the garden of where they were with, in the Garden of Eden. Far cry from a baby in a diaper, isn't it? They were there to, to protect the garden and allow, allow man to re-enter back in. We actually see them again pictured on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. They're also pictured on the curtain of the Holy of Holies. And their particular purpose seems to be this, to keep what is unclean from the presence of God. Why? To keep what is unclean from the presence of God. 
They proclaim and guard his perfect holiness. Their ministry seems to be tied to preserving the honor and holiness of God. Bit different picture, isn't it? Next we hear about the seraphim in scripture and, and there's that old hymn that we sing, holy, holy, holy. And it talks about the cherubim and the seraphim worshiping the Lord and, and, and praising his name. And the, cher- and the seraphim are shown as angels who are constantly uh, worshiping around the throne of God. And that's all they do, day and night. They just worship the Lord. They just worship and they proclaim glory and worth to his name. You know, there, there's times where I know we feel alone. And there's times where even, where you'll catch me in my car. You know, if I have some worship music on, you'll catch me singing. And there's times even when you worship alone and you say, well, I, it's, I feel so alone, just the only one worshiping. I want you to know that you're not worshiping alone. Though we worship an audience of one, it is never just one worshiping. You may be the only person singing, but there's a whole host of angels around the throne of God worshiping. We do not worship alone. That's their job, is just to describe worth to him, just to proclaim how good he is. They are concerned that the whole earth be full of the glory of God. So what do angels do? They praise and worship God. In Revelation chapter 5 and verses 11 to 12, it says, Then I looked and heard a voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousands times ten thousands. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Wow. Wow. I, I can imagine, you know, just the shivers you've got your spine in the presence of God. We enter into that court of praise when we are worshiping God. We are joining that heavenly choir when we describe to him worth and honor. Angels communicate God's truth. They are messengers of God's revelation. That is that they pass on what they've already been given. They communicate God's truth. I want you to know this. An angel is not going to give you anything extra than the, than the word of God. God's word is, is, the, is finished, right? It's completed. There's not a Bible 2.0 coming up because now angels have spoke some new things. God's word is complete. So they do not contradict, nor should they ever contradict the word of God. That's one thing you need to tune our ears into knowing the word of God. Because the moment that we hear things that are not God's word, it doesn't matter if you say, well, this felt like an angel speaking to me. It doesn't matter if it contradicts the word of God. It is not God's word. Because God does not contradict himself. So we need to be fully aware when we hear these things, when we perceive that an angel is around speaking to us, this is like, does this line up with Scripture? Because God isn't giving us a, a second Bible. This is where a particular faith in our world has you know, made their own book. 
It's an additional book to the Bible and, and because an angel spoke to someone. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not the way it works. They communicate truth in three ways, through interpretation. Perhaps Daniel is the clearest example of this, and we can read in Daniel chapter 8 and verse 9. I'm just going to give you some scripture if you want to write them down. If you're saying, Pastor, I can't take all these scriptures down, email me at lead at lgf.church. I'll happily send my notes to you. So again, Daniel is perhaps the clearest example in Daniel 8 and verse 9, and, and Daniel 9 and verse 23. Daniel 9 and 23 says this, at the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out. And I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. The bare revelation of dreams was not understandable by Daniel alone. Here the message was explained and made clear through angelic visitation. We can also see angels in Revelation 1 and verse 1 in helping us with interpretation. Announcement is what angels also did in Luke 1 and 28. You remember the angel came to Mary and he brought her news, didn't he? He said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. So an angel came to bring announcement. It was explained not only to Mary, but also to Joseph, where an angel showed up and said, you know what, Joseph, hey, don't, don't put away your wife. Don't send her away. This is from God. This is what God has declared for you because of an angel. Angels are involved in announcing and explaining Christ's resurrection in Matthew 28, verses 5 to 6. And also at his ascension in Acts 1 and verse 11. Angels also give direction. There are many cases where God used angelic messengers to specifically guide his servants. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 26, and it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, to the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And then in Acts 10 and verses 3 to 6, it says, one day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. And he distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius? Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back a man named Simon who's called Peter. He's staying with Simon the tanner whose house is by the sea. Angels? Well, what do they do? We, we hear about them. We've talked about them. We've mentioned some kinds. But what do they do? What, as I said, there's angels in this, in this space this morning. But what do they do? They're here to minister to God's people. They're not here for our attention. They're not here for our, our praise and our worship. That, that, they don't desire that. And nor does God want that for them. Remember, it was Satan that wanted the praise and worship. It was Satan that wanted, you know, Lucifer, that angel that fell. He was the one that wanted the, that attention that was only described and worth me for God. Angels don't want that. I remember reading a book when I was, not just one book, but when I was first in faith, and, and this book was like, oh, you know, there's an, it was talking about angels and demons. And, and the book, I mean, it was, it was true. 
in a sense, but yet also had me, oh my goodness, there was like an angel there and an angel there and a demon there. It was like every rock you looked behind, every bush you looked around, there was, you know, there was something there. It, it, so is it true? Well, yes, but we, we can't be so conscious. God doesn't want us to be aware of the angels. If they're here, he doesn't want us to focus on them. If angels are in this space morning, and I believe they are in this space, God doesn't even want us to pay attention to them. That's not their goal. Their goal is to direct us to our Heavenly Father. So if there are angels in the space, and I believe that there are, God doesn't want you to say, oh, he's right there. Can you see him? That's not God's desire. God's desire is that these heavenly hosts would bring us closer to him. That these heavenly hosts would remind us of how good our God is. That's what God would desire so they minister to God's people. In fact, we looked at the scripture a little bit earlier. In Hebrews 1 and verse 14, it says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who inherit salvation? They are called ministering spirits. Notice from this verse, angels do not minister salvation, but rather they minister to those who have received salvation through Christ. And how do they minister? They minister in a couple of different ways. Two specific areas for sure. The first one is they console and they strengthen. In Genesis chapter 21 and verse 17, it says, God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. And then in 1 Kings and 19 and 5, it says this, Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep, and all, sorry, all at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. So not only do they minister consoling and strength, they also minister protection and deliverance. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 17 to 20, it says, Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, the angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go and stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people about this new life. In Psalm 34 and 7, then the angel says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. You see, I believe that there are angels here. But even though I don't need to give them attention because that's not what they want, I know that they are here. I know that God guides me, protects me. He does that by his Holy Spirit. And he uses angels to help him with that. They're not looking for your attention. They're not looking for your, your ah. They don't deserve that. They don't deserve your worship. Only God deserve your, deserves your worship. They're not looking for your praise. They're not saying, oh, well done, angels. No, they're not. They're simply there to help God fulfill what God would like to do. There are times where angels are involved in the execution of divine judgment. God may judge directly through means of angels in Acts chapter 12, verses 21 to 23. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robe, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted 
This is the voice of a God, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. Wow. I think you have a different picture, right? Just before lunch. Thank you, Pastor. So what do we say about our lives today in angels? I mean, how do we apply this today? How do we, what do we do with this? I mean, if I was going to, Pastor Catherine was, I said, I need some titles. Like, what, what should I call this sermon? So I went with angels, heavenly hosts, bottom. But she said, you can call it angels, angels, angels. And I'm like, nah, it make, make people make people think something different. You know? Uh, and if I were to put touched by an angel, then you're looking for a Roman Downey somewhere in my sermon. You know, what, what kind of, where do we go with this? What do we talk about? Well, angels are there. They're there around us. They are here. But how do we apply that to our lives today? Because if we're not to give them attention, if they're not to get our worship, if they're not to get our praise, then, then Pastor, why did we just talk about them? Well, because I think that there's, a, a, there's things that we need to be reminded of. That scripture clearly points to the presence and role of angels in our world today. It clearly points that out. It clearly talks about angels. Both the Old Testament in Psalm 34 and verse 7 and the New Testament in Hebrews 12 and 22 speaks in terms of the ongoing presence and role of angelic beings. There are not just one or two angels. They are numerous and appear almost unavoidable, though invisible. Though we don't always recognize their presence of angels as such. In fact, Scripture tells us in Hebrews 13 and verses 1 to 2, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters, and do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Wow. Wow. Angelic visitations can also be counterfeited. We know that for everything that God has a true, the enemy of our soul has a counterfeit. There are those who are false angels. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 to 14, it says, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. You see, if we looked at angels, and if we went back to that image of that young lady with the wings, we'd say, oh yes, that's an angel. I'm not deceived by that. But if we also then threw up a picture of some ghoulish, demon-looking thing, we'd say, we need to understand that the picture that, that's, the enemy of your soul, my soul, wants to deceive us with is not some ghoulish picture, right? It'd be one that would be attractive and pleasing. Otherwise, we'd say, no, 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 I don't want that one. That one's giving me nightmares. This is the one I want. He would be bringing us something that would be pulling us to it, attracting us. So we need to be aware that the angel of darkness, the Satan and his beings, are trying to deceive us with pictures, with images that would look heavenly as opposed to from hell. We need to understand this. 
We're not banking on angels as bearers of new or extra biblical revelation. If an angel speaks to you, if an angel shows up to you, it needs to line up with the word of God. It absolutely has to. The moment that it does not, you, you cast that out. You say, no, I don't want that. That doesn't line up with God's word. God's word is truth. God's word is alive. We need to know the word of God. We need to be students of God's word so that we are not deceived. I see your hand. Can we get you later? We could be here all day if I had question and answer hour. You know, we can easily be deceived. We can easily be deceived. We need to know that angels are not giving us anything extra. It's not like, well, I don't know God. I don't. God has given us his word. There is one word of God. Angels are not giving us anything extra from the word of God. They're not adding to. It's not an extra revelation. It's not... Well, let me just give you this different insight. No, no, no. We have the full word of God. That's why we need to know our Bibles. That's why we need to know the scripture. The moment that we don't know the scripture, we can easily be twisted right and left. Where the revelation comes from is never, here, catch this. Where the revelation comes from is never as important as what the revelation contains. Where the revelation comes from is never as important as what the revelation contains. When considering angels, it's better to speak of their presence than their visitations. So many times we're caught up with the angels' visitations. Let's, let's just say, you know what? God's angels are here. Just because I can't see them does not make them not here. We're better off to say, God, I thank you that you move and that your spirit is here. And that, God, that you have the ability to move beyond what I can even see or imagine. Indeed, there are visitations in Scripture. And they certainly can occur. The main emphasis for the word of God for the believer is this. Is that the abiding presence of angels performing God's will for the believers. It's to help you and I to get closer to God. They are not here for anything other than to bring us closer to him. It's like an angel of an angel's... No, I shouldn't say if. There are angels here. But they're in the background. And God needs to be first and in the foreground. We're not here to worship an angel. We're not here to say, I want you know this angel, that angel. No, no, no. We say, God, you're the one that gets our worship. You're the one that gets our worship. You're the one that gets our praise. An angel may be here to assist, may be here to guide, but they're in the background. They're, they're not even seen. Their presence does not have to be seen to be actual. You see, we get to the place sometimes with angels that we... We just take what somebody else has done. There, there isn't a lot of room for, for things that are not in Scripture. I know we've heard some, some things from people that, there's some that think that they actually have a personal angel. I don't know. But I don't find it in Scripture. Does that mean that God cannot minister to us through his angels? Absolutely he can. 
But I didn't find in Scripture where you get an angel and you get an angel and you get an angel. I, I, didn't, I don't find that. So let's not add things that are not there. And it could be. I'm, I'm not saying it can't be, but I'm just saying I don't find it. And I think that God is big enough that he can use whatever he wants to use to bring us closer to him. In the moment that I go around and I have a specific angel, well, you can't refute that anyways, can you? Because you can neither see it nor, nor talk to it. So, again, so based on Scripture, I can't find it. But that doesn't... I'm just giving you what Scripture says. We live in a world that would like to draw our attention away from God. And God says, no, 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 no. I don't want you sharing this attention with anybody. So even as we as believers understand and find out more about angels, our goal, our goal is not to even do anything more with the angels than to say, God, we recognize that they're here. We recognize you use them. But their goal, their purpose is to bring me closer to you. Their goal and their purpose is not to help me to recognize them. It's not God, I, I, I don't want you praying, saying, Father, help me to recognize angels around me. No, don't pray that way. Say, God, I want you to help me to draw closer to you. Because the angels are always going to be around us. So let's not give them attention, nor time, nor praise, nor anything other than our focus is on God. Our focus is on him, going forward with him. So they're here? Yes. Are they around us when you leave this place? Yes. But let's know, let's know that they're not here so that we can have conversations. And You know, like when I was five, I had a make-believe friend. But it's not the same thing. You know, let's, let's understand that, that God doesn't want you to be enthralled with angels. He wants you to be aware. Why? So that if a false one comes, you will line it up with Scripture and say, no. So that we know the Word of God and we know that we're to draw near to Him. Amen? Would you pray with me? Harold, I'll, I'll talk with you in a bit. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our lives. God, as we look at your word. Help us to be students of your word. And Lord, that means not adding things that are not there. And that, Lord, also means the things that we don't understand, that we leave those up to you. We don't try to make things up. Lord, we know that there are angels around us. We also know that there's a demon, demonic world. But Father, we thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So Lord, while we don't give time this morning to the demonic world, we recognize that it is, is there and it's, it, it is around us. But Father, you have defeated that. And as believers in Christ, it is, it is defeated at the cross and overcome in the resurrection. So Lord, I pray that as we understand angels. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to grow in you. Help us, Lord, to keep our minds and our eyes focused on you, our heart on you, not on, on an angelic realm around us, 
but, Father, on you and your word, that we would learn and grow and mature. Father, that we would grasp everything you have for us. We thank you, Lord, for this day. I pray, Lord, that you would go with us, strengthen us. And, Lord, even as we go from this place today, we know that not only does the Holy Spirit go with us as believers, but your angels are around us. And, Father, you do care for us. You will guide and direct our lives for your honor and your glory. Lord, that those around us would know Christ, that they would know you. Would you be with us, Lord, today? Make our lives a blessing and not a curse. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May God bless you and strengthen you. If you'd like a copy of my notes, you can again, you can just email me. I'm happy to send those to you at any time. God bless you.